0: Jedi mystery! A lightsaber was found on the moon of Obadiah, belonging to Sifo-Dyas, the Jedi responsible for the creation of the Clone Army. The Jedi have learned that before the start of the war, Count Dooku murdered Sifo-Dyas and skillfully manipulated the Republic into the galactic conflict, intending for the Jedi to fight with the clones at their side. Now, as the Jedi Council meets to discuss the purpose of this deception, Master Yoda meditates deep into the Force in search of answers.
1: Ho-ho-ho! Greetings, Bucketheads. may Oh, excuse me. Welcome to our 231st Whispering in the Dark episode of MandoVision. I am your host, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out the small, independent Star Wars podcast. We are so glad that you're here. Especially at this holiday season time. It's almost Christmas. In fact, you may be listening to this right after Christmas. So I hope you had a great one. It's been... A wonderful, busy holiday season here at the at the MandoVision headquarters. But we have made it. <laughs> Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, Bucketheads. We are here. We are in the... I said it last week. This is like the home stretch of the abbreviated cut short Season six of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and we are into some really uh, just just important episodes of of the show. You know, they, they they really had a lot going on in this season, and it's a, it's it's just underlines the sort of tragedy that uh, Disney made when they canceled the show prematurely. Because I really would have liked to see how a lot of this stuff kind of played out. Like now that the Jedi have the knowledge that Count Dooku and Darth Sidious uh, played a vital role. In kicking off the Clone Wars, uh, you know, initiating, uh, 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 Sifo Dyas's plan to, to to bring the Clone Army to life, to, and then ki- and then killing him for it, and 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 you know, the, trying to puzzle out like, why would our enemies give us an army? Like, what is the long game here? What is the strategy behind that? And I would have really liked to have seen where where they go. And that's sort of how this episode starts. Like, the framework, the opening that you just heard, makes it sound like, oh, we're going to dive more into that mystery. We're going to see if the Jedi can pull back these layers. Uh, But it's it's very quickly changed uh, by the meditation sequence that comes up next uh, as, as Yoda hears a voice from not just the past, but from beyond the grave. And it changes the entire trajectory for the next couple of episodes. So... In in a in a sense, the the Sifo-Dyas episode from last week is part of like this larger four episode arc. But tonally, everything changes in this episode and becomes like it's it's I consider it to be more of a three part arc because the the, the the focus now shifts to the Force and to studying the living Force and the cosmic Force. Uh, we, we we do not really revisit uh, the Sifydias plot uh, much if at all throughout this episode. But what these next three episodes do is lay a lot of the groundwork for things that have to happen down the road Uh, for the second trilogy, right? The original Star Wars trilogy for 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 Luke Skywalker's path. Uh, You know, we we lay a lot of groundwork for that. We get Yoda's introduction to Dagobah in this episode. So a lot of really really important things happen have to happen in this arc, and you know, just at its basic level, I mean, it's a fun. Little arc, because a it's Yoda exploring the Force and aspects of it that he's never uh, considered and studied before, but also on a very simplistic level, it's R two D two and Yoda going on these adventures, uh, and there's something very very cool about that, and uh, it, it, it it helps you, you know, when you rewatch Empire Strikes Back, and you see R two on Dagobah, and you have to like, you know, you just you just wonder like R two you know there's so much in that little domed brain of yours why don't you tell people what's going on but aside from all that again it just it just adds more history more um touchdown moments uh for the for the star wars saga in in these episodes here so really really good stuff i'm really excited to get into it with everybody it is a very strong episode and i'm really gonna enjoy talking to it talking to you all about it. So this is Star Wars The Clone Wars Voices, Season 6, Episode 11th. Original air date, again, that March 7th, 2014. Our episode is written by Danny, I'm sorry, directed by Danny Keller. It is written by, Oop my goodness, I just lost my page. It's Christian, it's Christian again, isn't it? Come on internet, Christian Taylor, there it is, confirmed. <laughs> so, Danny Keller, Christian Taylor doing another great job. Our cast for this week, Tom Kane is our narrator, Yoda. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker, Terrence TC Carson is Mace Windu, James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, Catherine Tabber is Rig Nima, Brian George is Ki Adamundi, Tim Curry is Darth Sidious, and of course, the highlight, the return, as Qui-Gon Jinn, the one, the only Liam Neeson, and that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, just the idea that they got Liam Neeson to come back and do the voice instead of having to get somebody who sounds a heck of a lot like him. You know, you probably remember back in the early, in the beginning of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, they got, they got Sam Jackson to come back and be Mace Windu, uh, but eventually that, that that didn't didn't work out for various reasons. I'm assuming money, time, uh, all of it could be on the table there. But but getting Liam Neeson to come back to be Qui Gon. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff, so we get to hear a lot from Qui-Gon Jinn in this episode, in this arc in particular, that puts the spotlight on Yoda and exploring the Force in ways that he's yet to consider. Uh, as we mentioned, we mentioned a couple characters, uh, Rig Nima, a new character, and a interesting character, a Jedi Consular, who is sort of like the Doctor of the Jedi Order. Uh, this is her first and only appearance in the, in the show. Uh, and if memory serves, like we, a, a Jedi with an unknown fate, we don't know for sure that she dies in Order 66. It's probably a strong assumption. If she's in the temple, she's probably dead. But a character that I don't think we know the fate of, uh, at least not in, to my recollection. If she's died in a, in a book or a comic, there's a possibility I've, I've forgotten it. But Wikipedia didn't have anything on it, so I'm assuming her fate's sort of left up in the air right now. But it, it, it's always fair to assume dead that Anakin was just very very thorough in his <laughs> in his uh, uh, storming of the Jedi temple and speaking of the Jedi Temple this is another episode where we get to see those those Jedi temple guards and you know I wish we got to explore the temple guards a little bit more you know we, we, we sort of know a little bit more about their backstory how they're sort of Jedi that are called up to serve this sacred duty and we know that ultimately the the uh, after Order 66, one of the Jedi Temple Guards survives, and that 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 Temple Guard becomes the Grand Inquisitor for Darth Sidious. And, you know, I, again, it's just sort of one of those things I'd really would like to know more. It's, just, it's just one of those aspects of Star Wars that I wish we'd get to dive into a little bit more deeply at some point. And, and I hope we do, because, you know, it's a neat thing for the Grand Inquisitor, because, you know, in Star Wars The Clone Wars, we would see these characters in certain episodes... I was specifically like the last two seasons of it, five and six. Uh, but, you know, we never really got a ton of answers in, on, on, on their origins and, and sort of like the higher purpose that they believe they serve. Um, I'd like to know more about that. Uh, at least at least the answers I've gotten were, were satisfactory, but I want more. And that's all I'm trying to say. And, you know, they do give us a little bit in Rebels and, and, and things like that. But I want more. And that's always what I want out of Star Wars, is I want more Star Wars. <laughs> All right, our Jedi fortune cookie for this week. Madness can sometimes be the path to truth. Uh, we also get a couple of appearances. Uh, Ala Secura shows up in this episode. We see Luminara Unduli. Uh, Oppo Renesis has been back for a little while now on the Jedi Council. I don't think he's had a speaking part once, but uh, a, a character that uh, you know we meet in The Phantom Menace, we didn't see again until... Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and, and, and Revenge of the Sith. Um, so he's been off doing things. A visually interesting character, and it's kind of to see his animation model uh, be kind of um, more dynamic and fluid than what we saw in the, in the films. So that's very, very cool. All right, let's go ahead. I, I'm, I'm just dragging things out at this point. Let's go ahead and get into the episode proper. You know what that means. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go.
0: Yoda. Hear you, I do. Who are you?
2: My imagination, it must be.
0: No. It is I, Qui-Gon Jinn. That cannot be. Dead you are. No. I am part of the living force, Yoda.
1: Not surprising, this revelation shakes Yoda to his core. He is he is officially shook at this point, and you know it's it's one of those things. It's been hinted at, if you're reading the High Republic books, uh, it's it sort of alluded to that the Jedi, as an institution, have been around for so long that they've actually forgotten more than we'll ever know, and uh, sort of this idea that this is like something that was known at a Prior point is also been alluded to in other pieces of media, but we're going to stay away from that and just focus on what we're talking about. Like what the Jedi of this time do not know how to do, what Qui Gon has been figuring out how to do, what he was working on in life, which was the the will of the living force. All right, that would remember Qui Gon talks about that a lot in, in episode one, and we don't know really what that means. You know, Qui Gon gets cut down far too early for us to really get a chance to explore that through the films. Other pieces of media uh, books particularly have begun to to talk about it more. Uh, and a lot of it's based on what happens in these next three episodes because this is where we begin to get like really cr- uh, concrete information about uh, about there being more to the force than what the Jedi have shown us uh, as the audience, right? And that's what's really fun about this arc. Now the Jedi are, at this moment, extremely preoccupied with the revelations from the prior episode about Dooku being Tyrannis, that it's very strongly suggested that, that Dooku is but the apprentice, not the Sith Master, and trying to unravel the mystery of, of why the clones were built and, and put in the hands of the Jedi in a, in a war that seems to have been uh, uh, orchestrated from the beginning. Uh, so they're they're preoccupied with that now. Yoda's preoccupied with the fact that he's heard the disembodied voice of Qui-Gon Jinn reaching out to him from beyond death, you know, piercing the veil, if you will. And the the idea of, of Yoda being distracted during a Jedi Council meeting uh, seems to shake the rest of the Jedi Council members. And Qui- uh, Qui-Gon and Mace Windu is about to have a conversation with Obi-Wan Kenobi about it, and. Let's just let it play out, because I have some thoughts about what Mace Windu says here. There is great
0: turmoil within Master Yoda. Yes, we all sensed it. For something to
3: affect Yoda this deeply concerns me. We must keep an eye on our old friend. The war has taxed all of us to our limit. I suppose we're just surprised that Master Yoda has one. I hope it's that simple. But
0: I feel the shadow of something greater. On our horizon.
1: So again, they're sensing the darkness, the shroud of the dark side. But the idea that they have to keep an eye on Master Yoda—that now they're fearful of Master Yoda—in a, in a sense, these seem like very un-Jedi-like qualities to me. And and so this decision, the, uh, the by, by Mace that like we have to watch Yoda, like maybe he's not so in in control of his faculties. I believe is what he's sort of alluding to. Not that Yoda's not trustworthy but that maybe he's starting to uh, lose it a little bit. You know, like, like the fortune cookie says, madness can sometimes be the path to truth. And I think a lot of the council members are suspicious that Yoda is losing his marbles. We'll see about that as the episode plays out because, again, it takes some interesting turns here. And I believe the Jedi act very un-Jedi-like towards Yoda in, 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 in several instances later in the episode. So now we go to a scene where Yoda will will is outside at the Jedi Tree, this little area that we were introduced to in this arc, and Anakin hears the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn. Just for a moment, he hears it say the word Yoda, the name Yoda, and then Anakin stumbles across Yoda, and they are about to have a conversation going back to Mor- going back to what happened on Mortis. It's it, it, it's. Provides a lot of framework here for what's to come in the episode. Check it out. Is everything okay?
2: Encountered something difficult I have. Difficult? For you, Master? Spoke with Master Qui-Gon Jinn on Mortis, did you not? yes So did Obi-Wan. However, since he's dead, we don't think it was actually him. Rather, an illusion. A mind trick formed out of our memories. That's what Obi-Wan believes. Why do you ask? Perhaps nothing it is. Everything that we know about the Force tells us that an individual retaining their identity after death is impossible. Everything that we know, yes. But what about what we know not, hmm? (sighs) Master Yoda, are you suggesting that you have spoken with Master Qui-Gon? Suggest this I am not, rest I need. Yes. Rest. Then speak with the council. I shall. All
1: right. So everyone's getting a little troubled by uh, Yoda's behavior here, his his um, unsureness of of what's uh, what's happening here. And I want to take this moment to kind of go back in time a little bit because, you know, before Episode One came out, before the, of the Phantom Menace came to theaters. It was sort of an assumption that when Jedi died, they just go to, they just, you know, would disappear. Their bodies would disappear and they'd go into the Force. Then that, that was like what we thought we knew about being a Jedi, right? And I remember reading uh, a lot of the, the early comic books that Dark Horse started doing when they got the license uh, for Star Wars and they started telling uh, the tales of the Jedi comic book series. And every time a Jedi died, it was empty cloaks on the floor. You know, every there was you know it wasn't bodies laying around everywhere. It was empty robes and things like that. Like everybody joined the living force when they died, just because that's just what we thought happened when you when you were a Jedi. And it wasn't until uh, the Phantom Menace came out and and Qui Gon dies and his body is left behind, and they, well, that sort of uh, shook us as longtime Star Wars fans shook us to our core because like again we thought we knew these things about the Jedi. And then Qui-Gon's there, and they burn him in a pyre, and we're like, what the heck just happened here? And it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, again, we sort of had scratch our heads about it. And, you know, the wild card, the monkey wrench in that in that whole theory was that, you know, it was like, well, when Darth Vader died, you know, he went back to the good side, but he didn't disappear. no. But, again, we just saw, uh, we, you know, again, the sort of assumption was that when Luke burns Vader in, in that pyre, like, maybe he's just burning the suit, you know. We never actually saw, like, the physical body in there. For all we knew, it was just the suit that Luke burned. So we, di- we didn't really have a lot of answers. We had a lot of assumptions and a lot of uh, uh, ideas of what we thought we knew Star Wars was and what the Force was and what it meant to, to die as a Jedi. And Qui-Gon's death... In Phantom Menace, threw that all out the window, and now we're finally getting a chance to explore things in in a very uh, force-based, mystical kind of way. And again, another really uh, just sort of hammers home why I like this this three these next three episodes uh, of the show so much is because we get into like that mystical, and we explore these things in a way that uh, we were never allowed to do in the films. So I really, really want to just remind people of that, and hammer home the point that these are really strong episodes. If you're into Jedis, if you're into the Force, and exploring what it means to be part of the Force, these are the episodes for you. All right, so now, uh, after Anakin's encounter, we're going to go to the temple, and Master Yoda is going to tell the Jedi, the, 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 the masters on the council, what has been occurring, that he's been hearing the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn. And the masters are... Supportive of this, they want to believe. They want to, they want to support Yoda, uh, and so they they have this really kind of beautiful joint meditation sequence where they all come around in a circle and and make physical contact with Yoda and attempt to meditate. And what you get is a really cool. What you go from there is like again the music, Kevin Kiner's scoring the heck out of it. Uh, you actually get like a really cool time lapse sequence of of Coruscant of showing like how long these Jedi Masters stay in this meditative state. With Yoda as they attempt to uh, sort of explore and meditate the Force with with him in in an effort to confirm what he believes is he's hearing, and unfortunately they all come away not getting any answers. But let's think about it for a minute too. Who was the other thus far? Who's the other person who's heard the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn in this episode? Anakin Skywalker, who's not a master on the Council. Anakin Skywalker. So that's very interesting to think about too, Anakin's connection to the Force being what it is. Uh, you wonder, like, had Anakin been there as well, would that have been enough to draw Qui Gon forward for everyone to hear? And that's something I wondered about when I rewatched this episode. Uh, you have to wonder. If you don't get an answer, you won't know for sure. You know, does Qui Gon simply choose not to speak, to choose not to reveal himself to the other masters? Because, again, as part of the Living Force, as he explains, something's coming. He, 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 he's not exactly willing to give up the goods if you will uh, um, and we'll get to that part of the episode don't worry, more of that to come so now we'll come to the end of that meditation sequence and you know Yoda tired, frustrated uh, and then Kiyotamundi makes us a bold suggestion, let's check it out mm. hear the voice
2: I did not I also sensed nothing. Answers we will not find.
3: Tired I am. Rest I must. We have to consider that this may be a deception by the Sith. Surely you're not suggesting Master Yoda is susceptible to such manipulation?
0: Master Yoda,
3: you are older and wiser than any living Jedi.
0: But this does not mean you are beyond the corruption of the dark side. Agree,
2: I do. A possibility we must consider. It is clouded so much of our vision the dark side has. Deceived,
1: I may be. So, even Yoda's willing to admit that maybe he is falling sway to dark side corruption, the cloak of darkness, all that good stuff. But it's just... Ooh, the Jedi are just there. They're so scared, and it's not a good look for them. It's really not. They don't know... Who to trust? What to do? Uh the, the, You know they aren't quite panicking just yet, but lo- look at them now. I mean, the, the it's just I don't want to say <laughs> that that again. I've, I've I've sort of hammered it home that like the Jedi Order deserved to fall, but I mean look at the look at the look at the, what they're doing right now. They are they're already not worried worried about about Tyrannus and Insidious anymore. Uh, they 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 have to do this instead, and it's like the Jedi just can't prioritize. They can't multitask, and that's the real shame of the Jedi Order. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next clip. So now the Jedi turn to medical, and this is where we are introduced to Rig Nima. and she's going to give us the news on Yoda. And again, ki is going to be. I you know I don't know if he's playing devil's advocate here, but he is. Way more paranoid than I think I ever suspected he was. He is, uh, he's just like, nope, dark side, you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> so let's just play it out. I am not an expert on his biology, but from my point of view, he is in perfect health. And his mind, no signs of any degeneration. This section of the brain is particularly active, more than I have seen in any other Jedi. Probably what happens when you approach 900 years
3: old. I think we are overlooking an obvious thread. Which is? Count Dooku was Yoda's apprentice, and Count Dooku has fallen to the dark side. All of us have apprenticed to Master Yoda. He cannot be held accountable for Dooku's descent. But they are connected, profoundly. Whoever the Sith Lord is, he may be using this relationship as a direct link to Yoda. Impossible. Are you so sure? If the Sith Lord wanted to attack the Jedi Order from within, Master Yoda would be the perfect choice. I fear we are more vulnerable than we think.
1: I would like to suggest something. A deprivation ritual. All right, so we know what's going to happen next. They're going to put Yoda in the sensory deprivation tank. Um, And that actually is not what Qui-Gon wants to have happen. Qui-Gon is like, no, this is not the way. And uh, Yoda's life signs begin to dip, Obi wants to get him out of there, uh, but not before Qui Gon imp- imports a little bit of information. It's like, hey, meet me on Dagobah, and that's a, you know again, Star Wars fans, us old Star Wars fans, we hear Dagobah, we're like, what? Dagobah? We're going to Dagobah? Let's go to Dagobah. But for Yoda, it's not quite that simple because now the Jedi are very concerned slash suspicious that he is being either manipulated or influenced or or or. Steered in some way by the Sith Lord, in an uh, t- according to Kiada in an attempt to infiltrate the Jedi Order, and so uh, he needs to call on a Jedi to help him out. And again, this is a bit that I really, really liked. It's sort of a fun, playful Yoda, and let's, let's just play the scene. All right, so while Yoda was in the, in the Century Deforation Tank, uh, Mace Windu had to go deal with the with the with the Chancellor. Uh, and Yoda comes out of the tank, you know, spitting up water, or the Bacta, whatever it is. It's not clear if it's Bacta, but I'm going to say it's just water. Century deprivation tanks, water. Let's go with that. Uh, and he's talking about contacting people, you know, old friends long gone, things like that. And it's concerning to Anakin and Obi-Wan. So now they're going to have a chat with Mace Windu to get an update on things. And uh, the reason why I want to play this chat is because, again, this is where we start to lay the groundwork for some, for like the jedi's understanding of the cosmic force all right uh, or is it the, whatever let's just let the scene play out and, and and get this bit of information out there because it is it is important for what we're going to get into in the rest of the episode how did the procedure go
3: we're not certain yoda seems to be under the impression he contacted the dead and spoke with them what are your thoughts on this, Doctor?
1: Medically, Yoda seems fine, but I cannot speak to his spiritual balance.
3: What Yoda claims is not possible, as far as we know. The dead are part of the cosmic force and lose their individuality. I fear Yoda is under attack by the Sith, though how remains unknown to us. Until
0: what's going on is clear, I want temple guards placed in the medical bay.
1: All right, so Yoda's going to be a little bit isolated here. But again, this now we, now we get to the sequence that I talked about uh, before with, <laughs> with uh, Yoda just being kind of awesome. All right, so check this out. You ask for me, Master? Yes. Friends we are? Hmm?
2: Of course. A choice you must make. Worried for you, I am. Why is that? Do something for me, you must. Blamed, you will be. What? What must I do? Help me to escape, yes. Escape? But you're not in prison. No? Perhaps. But perhaps I am. Already all around us the cage may be a journey I must make, alone. The Council will not want you to travel at all, alone even less. Disobeying the Council, your expertise is. That is why I ask for your help. It is the spontaneity you find so easily, which others do not. That is what sets you apart. Now, a walk you will take me on. Come, come. Where are you going?
1: All right. So the Jedi Temple Guards will attempt to stop Yoda. Anakin's in a vouch for him. Like, no, no, we're just going for a walk. It's all good. And the Temple Guards relent pretty quickly, which is... Uh, Amusing to me. I don't. It's like if you're under orders, not to like let Yoda leave. Why does him being with Anakin change any of that? But it is what it is, and it leads us to again. I I just love that chat, that little back and forth between Anakin and Yoda. You know, Yoda kind of being his more playful, wistful self, uh, and 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 again, sort of pointing out the differences of Anakin, and, and and not in like a negative way. It's like like these are positives. Like Anakin's sort of willfulness, his spontaneity. He talks about these things as being a quality, you know, not a, a sort of a character flaw by any stretch, which I think is a very neat little moment for those two characters to have with each other. Uh, very, very cool. And so Anakin is going to help Yoda escape. And he's going to put him in touch with his best friend, R2-D2, to do it. So they're going to take a little ship and go on a bit of an adventure to Dagobah. Uh, you know, the, the 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 Yoda leaving sequence with... with R2's great. I love Yoda jumping on R2's back and then rocketing away towards a small little uh, ship in the Jedi Temple to to take out for this adventure. There's good stuff in that bit, but we're going to go all the way into the Dagobah sequence right now because there's a lot of really, really good stuff in here. The whole sequence is fantastic, but obviously we have to get to the cave. That's where this episode, a lot of stuff hinges on Yoda's vision in the cave. And again... I, I strongly urge this, I'll just sort of take a moment, recontextualize this is Yoda's first time on Dagobah think about Luke's first time on Dagobah here and, and why Yoda chose Dagobah to be the place that he will live in exile and hide out from the Empire and from Sidious uh, a, a lot of that groundwork is laid in this next uh, scene here as, as Yoda kind of acclimatizes and familiarizes himself with Dagobah also, in, the, in the, these next sequences, is uh, R2 seeming to be all too happy to stay with the ship and not going out to explore Dagobah further. Uh, something that he seemed not so, you know, that he seemed more, more willing to do in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, maybe thinking he knew the lay of the land and it was all good there because his friend Yoda's in town. But uh, <laughs> this time around, he's like, nope, I'm pretty good over here. I'll, I'll stick around. Actually, now now that I think about it, we may not go straight to the cave. I think there's going to be a little bit of information that we want to get on the record here for the podcast of Qui-Gon kind of breaking it down for Yoda a little bit further. So there may be some other stuff here, but don't worry. I'm going to string it together nice and tight. All right, so first we'll go to Yoda meditating on Dagobah.
0: Yoda, my old friend, you have come at last. Qui-Gon Jinn, really you? It is? It
2: is. Losing my mind, I am not? No, my
0: friend, no. Why have you brought me here? Follow the light. The light will be your guide. Strong this planet is, with the Force. It is one of the purest places in the galaxy. How are you here? I am a manifestation of the Force. A Force that consists of two parts. Living beings generate the living force, which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic force. Show yourself. Can you? I cannot. My training was incomplete. All energy from the living force, from all things that have ever lived, feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything and communicating to us through the midichlorians. Because of this, I can speak to you now.
1: I'll interrupt right here because I thought it was very interesting when Qui-Gon addresses the fact that he can't manifest himself. Uh, so that that is something that <laughs> appears to have changed uh, by the time of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Because, as we all recall at the end of that, Qui-Gon does manifest. So is he still able to learn and grow as he's part of the Force? Uh, I guess that the answer is yes, even though at this particular moment... He seems to believe that his training was incomplete, so he won't be able to do such a thing. But, as we know, the dead at Jedi, uh, several Jedi, do figure it out how to physically manifest themselves. Well, physically might be a strong word, but to visually at least manifest themselves so they can be seen as the Force ghosts that we all know and love so well. So, interesting stuff in that regard. Uh, let's get back to the conversation now as Qui-Gon is about to get Yoda to
2: the cave. See the future. You can.
0: I exist where there is no future or past.
2: Know you
1: who the Sith Lord is.
0: I can only show you a place where the answers will be
1: revealed to you. Alright, so here we are, Yoda to the entrance of the cave, where Qui-Gon will part. A little bit of information, a little bit of guidance, uh, similar to what Yoda will ultimately impart to Luke many, many years later. And... Uh, Another bit I want to mention in this sequence here is, again, Kevin Kiner has been just absolutely on fire throughout most of this show. Uh, This is another strong episode where he incorporates a lot of the familiar Star Wars music. You know, the Yoda theme that we know so well from The Empire Strikes Back plays a part in this episode as Yoda Yoda explores the Force and Dagobah here. So really, really a well-done musical sequence as well as, as Yoda makes his way to the cave. Now, let's go ahead and play this next bit. Be wary. Give
0: power to that which you fear, and it will show itself to you.
1: So we're not gonna play Yoda's vision, obviously, because it's just a visual sequence, right? But Yoda goes into the cave, swirling darkness around him, and it shows him visions of the future, right? And again, we know that the, the path isn't certain. The future is, is made up of many, many components. But we see the Jedi getting cut down. We see uh, Sidious killing the council. You know, We see the many deaths of Shakti, which is a podcast on its own because Shakti's died about a billion different ways, and none of them are official because we've never actually seen her die yet. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know the Shakti deaths situation, uh, hit me up. I'll be happy to, to break it down for you all. It's, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, in, in this Sequence It would appear that Shakti is killed by, by Anakin's lightsaber, but you know, unconfirmed. Uh, but in, in Yoda sees the, sh- the dark side rising, Sidious rises up above this whole f- vision to dominate it as if uh, he is inevitable, uh, as Thanos might say. And uh, again, Yoda was shook at the beginning of the episode, Yoda is shook now. Let's see him try to process this as he exits the cave, seeing this horrific vision of all of his his friends and and beloved fellow Jedi dying. (laughs) Takes a lot out of him. He's very sleepy now.
0: Yoda, come back to us. Yoda.
2: Such darkness. Such evil.
0: When will this happen? It is happening right now. It has always been happening. With each day the Clone War wages, evil is growing in its power. What you felt in the cave is merely a portion of what the dark side now holds. Such power. Any hope that the Jedi can prevail is there. There is always hope, my friend. Though it often comes in forms not looked for. The key is knowing how to see it and seizing that opportunity. I have been tasked with guiding you forward. There can be many outcomes, but your path is clear, Yoda. You have been chosen, as I was before you.
2: For what chosen
0: am I? You will learn to preserve your life force, and so manifest a consciousness which will allow you to commune with the living, after death. How? Dark times are ahead, and forces of light must remain. This is the path of only a few Jedi. You will travel to one of the origins of all life in the galaxy. This place is where? The Force will be your guide. Goodbye, my friend.
1: And there you have it. A lot of big information here. And a lot of hints of, of, and foreshadowing of the things to come. That hope will remain. But yeah, the Jedi are going to fall. And, and, you know, Qui-Gon isn't quite as explicit as all that, uh, but we as the audience know exactly what he's talking about. You know, the hope comes in all forms, and that form is not what Yoda's anticipating right now, and he won't know it until he sees it in Episode 3. Uh, but, again, he's being put on the path here. And this is, this is one of those elements that's in Episode 3 uh, that just sort of comes up out of nowhere, and you're like, wait, what's been going on here? You know, they just sort of give us, give us hints in the film. Those movies have so much going on in them uh, that this show really gets to explore those things more fully. And so that when we rewatch episode three in particular and, you know, we see Yoda in his meditative states and and, and we hear the voice of Qui-Gon, we understand it better now because we have this to sort of show us what put Yoda on the path to begin with. Uh, so it's really, really important and and and. Again, just deepens that mythology in such an enjoyable way. Just so much appreciation for them doing this storyline. Uh, but now it's time for the next leg of Yoda's quest, and yeah, he's got a, him and R2 have a nice little chat. Again, I like this dynamic between R2 and Yoda a lot. Like, I wish we had gotten to see a little bit more of this throughout the run of the Clone Wars. But let's go ahead and check it out. Wrap up the episode. Yes, my friend. All right, I am.
2: No back to Coruscant. We are not going yet. Afraid only begun. Our long journey has.
1: Alright, there you have it. It's nine, This is a nine and a half bucket episode. Great stuff here uh, as we get to explore the mysteries of the Force. The ability to uh, retain consciousness, your individuality while you become a member of the, the, the living force after death, or the, the cosmic force after death, excuse me. So very cool, great stuff, nine and a half buckets, and i got spoilers for you, Like basically this entire arc is almost perfect. So get ready for that, it's good, good stuff. And just a really strong Yoda-based episode, you know, getting to hang out with Yoda. So cool, I love this stuff, it's great, cannot get enough of it. Uh, Alright my friends, we're running a little long, big surprise. But I thank you all so much for hanging out with me. Uh, again, we're wrapping up season six of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which means season seven is right around the corner, which is funny because, the pod, you know, longtime listeners of the podcast, you know, season seven came out when, when we were doing the show. And we just we chose to wait and do them all in order instead of interrupting what our rewatches to get into seven when it dropped. So uh, it's been a little while since seven aired originally. So it might be interesting to kind of be able to go back and watch that now having seen you know the Obi-Wan show, the Ahsoka show, and, and, and so many other thing, other pieces of Star Wars that have come out since then as well. It's going to be a great time. All right, Buckethead Nation, let's wrap it up. Follow us on social media. We're at underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If your podcasting platform allows it and you are inclined to do so, sweet, sweet, sweet 5-star reviews help us uh, uh, not get consumed by the shroud of the dark side so we truly appreciate you taking the time to do that really really appreciate it again this is the men division podcast my star wars podcast i am tom nargai tom and bucketed nation you continue to be the best supporters on the planet and in the galaxy i'm just gonna say it so thank you for the continued support and uh, if we don't talk again well there'll be another episode i think i don't know if i don't if we don't talk sooner happy new year everybody I hope 2024 is going to be a great year for all of you. I hope 2023 has been a great year for all of you. It's been a great year for Star Wars, and that just means there's more to look forward to next year as well. And this podcast is going to be happily to be a big part of it, all right? So thank you again, Bucketheads. You're the best. Let's get out of here. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.
0: You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.